Hi guys, this is Brandon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. If you're listening for the first time today, this podcast is just a chance for us as the preaching staff uh, to continue the conversation that began with this past Sunday's sermon. Uh, We'll go into a little bit more depth and just cover some topics that might have come up and that we wanted to go into more detail on. Today we're going to look back at Easter Sunday, at our celebration of Jesus' death and resurrection. And Eric gave an awesome sermon, and we had a really great service this past week full of uh, both worship and scripture and pancakes. And so I'm excited to talk to Eric, as well as Nick, who's going to join us to talk about the message, as well as just Easter in general. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, so Eric and Nick are joining me today. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good being here again. So I wanted to start with just a kind of a chat about just Easter. And, you know, obviously this past week was big for kind of us as the church. And, um, yeah, just to start off with, you guys have any, like, fun Easter Easter traditions that you celebrate in your families or um, just generally? I guess fun is subjective, right? I mean, maybe one of the things that I take for granted is that, you know, I grew up in a Christian household and my parents always made sure that we celebrated Easter of some form. And my extended family are not necessarily believers, but we'd always have them over, do some sort of egg hunt, um, which I do remember as a kid being pretty fun. I think I was pretty competitive with my brothers and cousins. And I think it helped that my grandma would put $100 bills in the egg sometimes. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) Can I come next year? Yeah, no, (laughs) So, you know, now that, that I have kids, we do it for the girls, and it's, it's kind of fun. Um, but, you know, as I'm older now, and I realize kind of the significance of the resurrection and why that's so pivotal to the Christian faith, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe there's another way to do Easter. Maybe there's a way that, that sort of matches that excitement. You know, I, I don't know. Mm. How about you? Yeah, I don't. I mean, my, my parents have always cooked a big meal, a, a big, good, great meal, so I've always enjoyed the eating part of it. Um, but, you know, I think ever since started doing ministry, it's always such a busy time of the year. Like, as you asked the question, I had to actually pause and think, like, do we do anything? And, and um, you know, I think in terms of, like, Amber and I and the family, we really don't. And, and that's kind of maybe my bad and something to even think about of, like, oh, maybe we should make it more of something special because of the occasion and but you know i think to my own fault i get a little too consumed on the sunday morning stuff going on and mm-hmm. it's such a busy time and then afterwards i just want to go on the couch and pass out for the rest of the day so i could definitely do better <laughs> uh, yeah i growing up all of our holidays were just kind of like just eat and hang out and talk and it was fine i enjoyed hanging out with my cousins and aunts and uncles and and grandparents but it it wasn't super exciting or it wasn't all that full of holiday spirit but one of the things i appreciate now as an adult kind of being thrown into Alyssa's side of the family is they're so big on all the holiday traditions and so yeah at Alyssa's house we have a big easter egg hunt there's like three different levels there's one for the kids one for the like older kids are like teenagers now and one for the adults. Uh, there's no hundred dollar bills, but 
we do get to choose gift like five dollar gift cards from starbucks or whatever and so it's fun like when we first started doing all that stuff when Alyssa and i got married i thought it was so weird and like so foreign to me because i i don't know if i'd ever done an easter egg hunt outside of maybe church or you know like a school type setting um but the the more i do it and the more you see the way it brings people together it's like oh this is this is pretty cool but i I did want to jump off of what you kind of hinted at, Nick, and just that question of, I guess, that balance between the cultural aspects of just holidays in general, whether it's Easter or Christmas, which I don't, I mean, I don't have a problem with. I don't, I'm not against Easter egg hunts or, or presents or Santa or any of that stuff. But I do think, like you said, like it doesn't, the Christian aspects don't really match that excitement. Like on the night before Easter, I was really surprised because Kaya was laying in bed and I was giving her a kiss goodnight. And she said, I'm so excited. Tomorrow's Easter. Get to go on an egg hunt. (laughs) (laughs) And like literally that night, we had done a practice Easter egg hunt because she was so amped up about it. (laughs) And, you know, you can do that thing where you're like, well, also, don't forget that Easter is about Jesus. But I mean, you know, just subjectively. Even for me, like it's it's hard to be as excited about all that. And so I guess first thing I was like, I mean, how do you guys feel about that balance? And then do you think we need to do more as a church? Do you think we're not doing a good job capturing the the meaning of these these kind of events? I don't know from a church standpoint. But I can say that on a personal level, I've wrestled with these things um, fairly deeply. I'm a little bit of a weirdo. So, again, I, I do make a distinction between what I would expect from a church, what I would expect from those that, that I serve and lead. But one of the phrases that got quoted uh, a lot when I was in seminary, I felt like, was the, the whole idea that uh, a society is defined by the way it celebrates holidays. So there's an identity piece there. Um and I had one professor that would even go so far as to say, you know, if we look at what it means to truly live biblically um, in terms of the way we celebrate holidays, a celebration of the Jewish holidays actually makes more sense. That If you look at uh, I- any biblical mandates for celebrating and observing festivals or days, you know, there's nothing that says celebrate Christmas. Um, and, and again, I know I get made fun of for this. Um, Nick hates Christmas, which I don't, <laughs> for the record. Um, but I, I think there is something there to celebrating um, kind of the way that, that the Jewish people were commanded to celebrate because it points to something that's actually still yet to come for us, uh, points beyond the resurrection. And there's something to me that's compelling about that. You know, again, it's, I don't know what that means church-wide, but it's something I've wrestled with and something that, you know, when Easter comes along, it does pique my interest a little bit because it's tied to Passover and because it is tied to the Jewish uh, lunar calendar. So I think it's worth, I think it's a good question. Hmm. Have you come to any conclusions for yourself? I have not. I mean, not regarding Easter specifically. Um, I have been thinking about just recently the idea of Sabbath. We did a series a few years back on Sabbath and um, in Hebrew, it's Shabbat, and it's something that's celebrated to this day, which I find kind of compelling, because if you talk to 
Jewish families, a lot of them will, will share how meaningful Shabbat is uh, for all the reasons that we advocate for it too. Just the only difference is for us, we kind of make these exceptions of like, well, you kind of want to do what fits your schedule. You know, for us as pastors, it obviously can't be Sunday. Um, so just kind of fit it in where you can. And then, at least for me, then there's always that danger of like, well, technically everything's Sabbath, then, <laughs> you know. Um, so somewhere in there, I feel like there's a balance to the rigidity and kind of the structure of it that then brings that joy. Um, so personally, I've been toying around with, well, what, what would that look like to guide my family through something like a weekly Shabbat? Yeah. Cool. What about you? Yeah, any thoughts on holidays or any of that? Uh, Nick went way deeper than uh, <laughs> I was ready to, to think about. But <laughs> great insight, though, and I know we've talked about it before, and, um, and I appreciate that uh, in Nick to, to really think through all those things. I mean, I think for me, just even on the surface level, you know, I think I, I recognize that tension where on one hand it, it's fun, I enjoy it, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it, to, to do the egg hunts, to have the fun, to, to get together, uh, to get together with family and celebrate is good in and of itself. You know, now is that a proper or sufficient correlation to the resurrection, Jesus resurrection? You know, I don't know. Right. And it's subjective and it can be case by case. But then the way I feel is, you know, the idea of resurrection, and we've talked about it before, it's it's every day, right? So every day we live in this reality that Jesus has risen from the dead, and that should have a, a certain impact on our life. And for some it does, for some it doesn't. And I think that's naturally going to carry over into the holidays. So if, if the resurrection has a significant impact in our life day to day, we're going to see it when it comes to Easter. We're going to see it when we come to Christmas. Now, if we don't, it's probably because it doesn't have that impact on us during the year as well. So that's why for me, in terms of the holidays, like choosing to fight that battle, I don't feel like that's the place to have that that fight because you can do it at any time. And it's the day-to-day, you know, I think that's where you got to start it somewhere. You know, I'm not, I'm not against it if we pushed it harder and became even more intentional because uh, that would be a great time to do it. Like, hey, it's Easter. This is why we celebrate it. I think we can definitely lean into that and and be even more intentional in in bringing that to mind and bringing that to to why we do what we do. But I'm at the same time, I'm not. You know, it's not a a battle that I'm. You know, a hill I want to die on. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, just for my whole life. I mean, I, I like I said, I like all this stuff. I like. I love Christmas. <laughs> you guys, I mean, I like the whole gifts and I like, I think it's fun. And there are parts of it that, you know, I think are just genuinely, genu- genuinely good values, like, you know, community and family and stuff like that. But I did find myself thinking, you know, and wondering this year, like, is it just a matter of elevating the value of, you know, the, the Christian, the, the Jesus aspects of Easter or Christmas to, to an equal point or are they mutually exclusive where like the more you focus on the egg hunts and the Santa stuff, like that just automatically pushes down the other stuff. Because if, if I'm honest and I'm, I'm sitting at home on Sunday night and thinking about what was that day about? 
just just honestly, like not what it should be about, but what was that day about? I mean, maybe it's because I didn't preach or do worship, but it was like it was about family and doing this this fun stuff. And again, like you said, Eric, we can celebrate the resurrection any day. So it's not like I missed it, but it still felt like I don't know. I just came away feeling like like oh that could have been more like, like Sam Ha came up to me on Sunday morning, like right before I think first service. And he just like was excited, like most important day of the year. And I thought that was so cool. I, I felt like there was like a genuine, like, like he was ready in a way that I wasn't. And it wasn't kind of reflective in, in kind of the day I had. So it just, it just got me thinking and not that I have any answers, but, um, yeah. You guys have any other thoughts before we move on? I mean, I love that to even just to recognize that and to ask that question. I mean, I think that's the best place to start, you know, when, when we can look back and, you know, without any guilt, shame, but just kind of like, huh, could I have done it differently? Is that the best way to to do what, what we do? Why we, you know, so, uh, you know, I think I'm always intrigued when, when God places those questions that journey he then leads on leads us on to to find that that answer but i think to wrestle with it i think that's valid and i think it's probably something that we'll continually wrestle with right but i think to even to share that that's uh that's deep and i think it does beg the question of like you know why we do what we do and and i like what you pointed out too like not only is it okay or kind of like mutually distinct from one another but does it begin to like negatively affect the other and that's uh yeah that's something to really think about it like not only is it okay but is it kind of harmful at times that we do certain things that might actually take away from the very reason we celebrate easter so that's a profound question that i don't have an answer for either but just to even point that out yeah i mean i think again it's it's a question that is worth asking I don't know if I'd go so far to say that that's absolutely true. Um, but I do like that idea of just organizationally, what happens when you take away something? Um, what what do you miss? What would you like to add back in uh, without necessarily bringing everything back in? Um, and um, a little bit of a side tangent, but, I, you know, my experience on Sunday was totally different because I wasn't even at church. Where were you, <laughs> Nick? <laughs> what, you, you weren't? <laughs> So I, so I was at a bachelor party in San Diego, and uh, for the record, it's probably <laughs> the most Christian that a bachelor party could get. Was there an Easter egg hunt? <laughs> <laughs> there was not an Easter egg hunt, which I think makes it more Christian. <laughs> but anyway, so it, my my buddy who was getting married rented out this beautiful Airbnb with this, um, <laughs> it's called a Zen garden, <laughs> of all things. But it was this beautiful succulent garden that opened up into this canyon in the backyard. And the neighborhood was dead silent, which, as an introvert, I love. And so I spent time out there uh, reading, praying, journaling, uh, completely alone. And um, it was actually a very refreshing, meaningful weekend for me. Uh, I do admit there was just there's a little bit of guilt, um, I think, religiously, but also just as a pastor. This is the biggest corporate day in you know church culture right and, and you're missing it as, as a professional um but i'm you know i'm grateful for the culture that that we do get to work in um 
but for me to be a, in a place where where I can surf, uh, where I can be around good friends, I can sleep in, I can meditate um, alone on, on on Easter morning. That that was quite meaningful for me. That I was kind of meditating on the um, the resurrection, the whole idea of um, uh, when Jesus was was I think he was talking with uh, Mary and Martha about I am the resurrection and the life. Just what that means. Um, and uh, I think the guilt was fed just a little bit because two of the guys left early to go to church. They <laughs> were like, you want to come? I said, um, no thanks. <laughs> it's my day off. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, one of them texted me and said, like, hey, happy Easter. He's risen. And I think for me there's something compelling about that simple phrase. Like, he, he's actually risen. And so I texted back. I said, hey, happy Easter. You know, he, he is risen indeed. And to me, you know, that was a meaningful way to – celebrate Easter just on a very subjective you know Nick weirdo level you know so that's cool Can I, oh, oh go ahead I mean just as you share that and you made that statement he is risen indeed and, and those who are listening can't see but you know there's emotion tied to that I mean we could see it on Nick's face right now just what did you just feel right now as you, as you said that um so I got another story, if that's okay. You can cut this out if you can always edit this out. Um, so I, I may have shared this from the pulpit, maybe not. But when I was in Israel, um, one of the most profound kind of wrestlings encounters that I had when, when, when we were at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is according to church tradition where Jesus was crucified and uh, buried not too far from there. And it was an interesting experience because uh, if you've ever been there it it's a pretty dark place um literally you kind of go in and there's there's different church traditions that own different parts of the church and have decorated different parts of the church and it's definitely not evangelical so there's no chris tomlin playing in the background there's no um cool hipster skinny jeans pastor explaining the gospel to you uh it feels like a foreign religious experience and I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> I, you know, they kind of prepped us saying, you know, this, this is, you know, by everything we know about archaeology, probably close to where Jesus was actually crucified. And so I was, I was thinking like, wow, that's awesome. This, this is where it all went down. I'm just going to feel this amazing confirmation that it's all true, that, that, that God is meeting me here. And it was kind of a dark time because I actually felt nothing. It felt very lonely. Um, and I kind of sat there for what felt like hours, just on a bench and just sort of praying, thinking, you know, what is this, Lord? You know, is this everything that I base my faith on, my, my life on? Did, did this really happen? And uh, after the fact, after I kind of walked back, um, just I made it out of the, the city gates right before they closed it. Um, but I was processing with a buddy of mine um, later that night. And a good guy. These are all seminary students, and, and so, you know, their theology is sound. But one of the guys, you know, basically turned to me kind of after I'd shared everything, after we'd kind of gone on tangents. And, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, he is risen. Um, he is risen. And there's just something about his the tone, the way he said it, that kind of stuck with me. Um, and um, yeah, it just kind of made it personal for me that it is kind of black and white. Either Jesus rose or, or he didn't. And that is kind of the hinge point of, of our
our faith and our being and our identity. And so for me to repeat that, you know, it, it does stir some emotion for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great way I think to kind of cap off that conversation and you know, as you said that, and, and as you said that phrase, like one of the things that I was thinking about just generally with, with this whole topic was like, I'm always so hesitant to, to do the most obvious kind of cliched things when it comes to faith. And so just something as simple as like to say to someone, he is risen. Like, I wouldn't say that because like, well, that's cheesy, you know, (laughs) but I think sometimes when you're, when you run away from those things, you lose out on the power of just, you know, the simple things that are true and and meaningful. And I, I do think that's probably true just overall with Christmas and Easter. Like when it comes down to it, you're celebrating things that are kind of, if you've been a Christian a long time, they're kind of cliche. Like you've done it, you've talked about it, you've thought about it. But if you don't lean into that, then you kind of miss out. And so kind of constantly looking for the like most interesting, newest way of celebrating or whatever. Like, I mean, that might not be the answer. It might just be the simplicity of, you know, spending time in scripture and, and, and reflecting on, on simple things. So yeah, thanks for that insight guys. And, and um, I think again, I mean, just to wrap that up, not saying Easter egg hunts are bad. <laughs> no, like, no judgment. I'm going to do Easter egg hunts for the next 50 years of my life, <laughs> knock on wood. But I do think that's a good thing to process through for all of us, right? I mean, it, it, you're, you're right. It's probably not a, not necessarily something that's limited to what our church does, but it's what we all do. Um, yeah, I'm going to echo that. I, I don't hate Santa. I don't hate the tooth fairy, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> no one believes you, Nick. <laughs> That was the most hollow. The, the, the way you said he is risen and the way you said I don't hate Santa were different levels emotionally. Two completely different facial expressions. <laughs> All right. Well, let's spend a little time talking about Sunday and just kind of our time celebrating together as a church. Um, yeah, Eric, you got the chance to speak. Um, and what's it like speaking on, on Easter? I, I'm thankful that I've never had to do that. Is it? Is it stressful? I mean, you know, the timing of it and the weight of it. How do you feel going into those sermons? It's great you ask because I was thinking next year would be a great time <laughs> to get For you Nick up there, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> if Nick's at church next year. <laughs> um, you know, it, that is a great question. It's, it, the irony with this message, right, was, and, and we'll get a little bit into it, was because he's risen, we can view life differently, right? So I think his, traditionally for me, Easter, Christmas, it's always high stress. You know, I think I run into somebody during the week and they're like, hey, you ready? You ready for <laughs> Easter? And, and you know, they meant well and, I, and we laughed about it, but there's just like this pressure. It's Easter. You better bring it. Better be better. So obviously the, the, the stress of that is, is there. You know, I'm kind of, kind of overwhelmed, all week long, it's hard to be present at home, doing anything because you're constantly thinking about it. But at the same time, the the main point of my message was to view life differently, right? To that I that I need to trust more. That I, I shouldn't be afraid. I, I shouldn't be so overwhelmed with stress and worry because he's risen. Because God's in control. He's gonna you know, all those things. So, 
this time it was different and it's not like I was there where like, oh, it's stress-free and I just trusted the whole time, but I felt myself wrestling with that. Whereas before it was just all stress, completely overwhelmed, up to the last minute, whereas this time I felt like it was more of a, a wrestling match, kind of struggling through those emotions. So better than before, but still, you know, I, I didn't perfect that. And it's still a, a lot of, as a reminder me, I have a lot of room to grow in that area. But so on one hand, yeah, definitely more stressful than the other ones, but kind of felt this sense like it shouldn't be, though. It's no different than any other Sunday in, in, in that aspect. So on average, on like an Easter Christmas message, how much more time will you spend on it? Or is it about the same, just more stress? Yeah, uh, more time, but a lot of that time is just sitting there <laughs> staring at the wall. You know, I think Saturday before Easter, I was in the office. I came in early and I was pretty much done. But I just sat here for like four extra hours because of that, like I'm missing something. Maybe I need to pray more. Maybe I need to do just this feeling of like, oh, I need to do more because it's Easter. And not that I'm proud of it and I don't feel like it was all healthy. But more time, but not necessarily productive time. And I think there was a point where I just felt God saying, like, go home. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, just go home. So, yeah. So I, I, jumping off of that kind of point that you mentioned, that idea of seeing life differently, right, which was kind of your, I think, the, the main thrust. Um, for you, like, I think you walked us through a little bit of what that looks like. You know, you talked about, you know, Carly and the school stuff. Um, but I mean, maybe both of you can talk to that because there's obviously a, a lot of room for what that can mean, right? There's no one path for this is how you see life in light of the resurrection. But what does that mean for you in terms of what it's not and what it is? And maybe same question for you, Nick, like, yeah, in tangible ways, maybe in your life, how, how what does that look like? I think the thing that I've been wrestling with and I kind of shared even with the message was really the idea of fear. You know, I think the older I'm getting, I don't know if it's just kids are getting older, you know, life is, seems like it's getting harder. You know, we're aging, parents are aging, we're seeing, you know, I just feel myself like stressed, worried, you know, just afraid of certain things and just looking, you know, at the scripture, the passage and, you know, I mean, all of scripture, really, and just the theme over and over of, like, do not fear. So, I mean, that's just one practical thing, but I think for me personally, that it kind of played out in the message, sermon preparation, my journey where I'm at as a parent, a husband, provider, all those things of, like, you know, if, if, if what I believe is true, Jesus conquered death and sin, rose from the grave, he's with me, he's sovereign in control, like, I shouldn't be afraid. So that's just a personal thing, and, you know, I'm not projecting that to everyone and pointing fingers, like, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, even though that's what's true, and it's a journey for us getting there, but I think that's personally that's something. I could probably say God's doing something in me of, like, you know, what does it really mean to trust and believe? And fear is the opposite of that, right? Um, so I'm not there yet where I can say this is exactly what it looks like, but I would say that's the one area for me that God's been really pressing in on. Yeah. For, so wh when you, as you work through that and you process through that, like obviously without having figured it all out, like what does it look like for you just in your own spiritual life? Like kind of like 
quote unquote applying that resurrection power, right? Like, I mean, is it a prayer thing or reading scripture? Is it is it something else? You know, like what is what are the the tangible steps you take, or what might you suggest to somebody else who is struggling with that too? To because you know fear is so like guttural, right? Like it's almost like how do you not fear, right? And that's that's such a hard thing, right? And so, is there anything just any insight you've come across? I think being able to just identify it is is a huge step. So, right, a lot of times fear doesn't always show itself as fear. It could come off as anger, frustration, uh, being frustrated, blaming someone else for things. So, a lot of for me, and this is is for me at least, is you know that you know I journal, and I've talked about the journaling part, just sitting before the Lord and just why am I stressed? Why am I upset? Why am I annoyed? Why am I mad at this person? Um, and a lot of times it's, it, it ends up coming down to this, this fear part. Like, Oh, I feel afraid. There's uncertainty. That's why I'm, you know, feeling what I'm feeling. So just being able to identify it, I think is a, is a big step of like, okay, this is what I'm afraid of. And, and this is why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Um, but right, the opposite of fear is not just no fear, right? There's like a faith component of trust. So I think that's the part for me of, you know, bringing that before God and, and really just saying, help me. You know, like, help me to, to not be afraid of these things. Help me to trust you with these things. Help me to believe that you're present, you're in control. So maybe it is, I mean, just reminding myself, but also bringing it to God of like seeing the gap of where I am and where I could be. I mean, really inviting him to, to help me. So that's where I'm at right now, you know, always open to better practical steps. But a big thing that's been helpful for me is to one, identify it. So one, it doesn't justify the fear. I see it as something like I need to grow from this. I need to move forward from this. I can't do it. I can't force it. Right. When I'm afraid, I can't force myself to not be afraid, but at least to bring it to God and really invite him in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, I definitely struggle with that too. And it's funny how easy it is to to kind of forget that that's at the root issue. That that's at the root of all these other things I'm struggling with is is fear. And you know, in a moment of reflection, it's like, oh yeah. But I think to kind of keep that, yeah, in your mind and in, in your prayer life. How about you, Nick? Any thoughts on seeing life, dif- life differently? Yeah, I mean, I was so obviously I wasn't at church on Sunday, but. <laughs> I did listen to the message uh, just now. <laughs> but what, one of the things that, that I was reminded of was this whole idea of changing your perspective. And um, I think that's big for me. Um, I think a, a, another way to look at fear is, for me, the, the word of the, of the year has been anxiety. And I think that's, that's kind of a buzzword tossed around in our culture. Just these rising levels of anxiety, just in a general sense, but you know, as a psychiatric diagnosis as well. And one of the things that I talked to my wife about or that she's kind of brought to light for me is that there's some things that you can't change about the way that you feel about the world, you feel about people. But she does say that you can change what you think and that the thoughts that you choose to dwell on and the things that you subjectively consider true and reliable. And I think that's where sort of the, the Christian paradigm is actually effective in the real world. Um, I think of Romans 12 too, this idea of not conforming to the pattern of the world, but being um, transformed by the renewing of our minds. The, basically, the way that we think 
is radically shifted by the gospel. Um, and so for me on a personal level, you know, that, that's just a daily struggle of kind of coming before the Lord and, okay, here are all the things that I am stressed out about and systematically going through each one. It's, okay, your finances, what are you worried about there? Okay, that's, God's been pride for that. Um, worried about my, my kids, X, Y, Z. Okay, that's okay too. I'm worried about this. And th- there's sort of a, a rational, I think, gospel response to all of these, these fears. And so kind of likewise, that that's helpful for me. Hmm. For you, does that take the form of, like, is that just kind of a prayer time? Are you journaling? Is this in conversation with other people? Is all of those things, like, just tangibly, how do you, how do you manage all that, right? Because there's so much, you know, so many different things yeah. to be thinking about. For me, it's kind of twofold. I mean, as an introvert and a non-multitasker, the journaling part is huge for me to put it in writing and process uh, in that way. But I, I realize that there's also a social community component that is so important to me that um, it, it's, it's challenging for me as an introvert because it means I have to go out there, be uncomfortable and do it. Uh, but I realize that it's significant for me to simply verbalize these things that I take for granted in my head. I'm afraid of this, I'm worried about this. And I think there's something healing and um, significant about that for me. Yeah, even just something as simple as saying it out loud and trying to verbalize it and realizing even just that process, you're like, oh, this actually makes no sense. Like this thing I'm afraid of, I can't even describe it to you because it's just, it's not rational. And I feel like, yeah, whether it's praying that out loud or talking to somebody, um, yeah, that's, that's really meaningful. I mean, d- just the idea of community and verbalizing things. I, I'm feeling that now kind of from that minimalist standpoint that we're talking about. Of, you know, when you take something away, what is it that you need? What would you like to add back in intentionally? Um, so when I started the fitness ministry, when I started SoulFit, I took a step away from our young adult ministry. And one of the things I miss is the community that built into the time. I had a strong conviction that it's important to week after week come together with people you trust and just process and verbalize, how are you doing? How's your heart? How have you seen God? Uh, what scripture is meaningful to you? And I realized that I need that, that I'm missing that, and that I need a place where I can go and I, I can put into words how I'm doing, you know, how I'm experiencing the Lord for that week. So, yeah, it's kind of a thought along those lines. Yeah, that's a that's a great insight. Um, you know, one of the thing, things that I just kind of notice as you're preaching Eric um was just and you kind of barely mentioned it and maybe I was just thinking about it because you know I talked about it on Good Friday but just this idea of like like remembering and the intentionality of remembering and I guess just coming out of you know again the Easter season and you know it's easy to um to forget or not forget right but just to lose sight of um yeah did you have just kind of any thoughts on on why that's important how it's meaningful whether it's easter good friday or whatever um yeah what'd you come across as you talked about that yeah it was because i know you you included that in in your devotion on friday the idea of remembering and um you know i think it was it was so much fun at least this passage because the way luke tells it it's so like 
Um, and then they, the angels reminded the woman what Jesus had told them in Galilee and said, don't you remember that he said he was going to be handed over to the, you know, delivered to the hands of sinners, crucified and raised from the dead. And then it just says, then they remembered his word, right? <laughs> and it's so like, it's a matter of fact, but when you kind of look at the context of it, like that was a life altering moment, right? Like everything shifts for, for the followers of Jesus from everything up to that point to everything after everything changes. So you know, I think for time's sake and, you know, not being able to really dig into all of Acts, mm-hmm. but just, you know, really wrestling with that of like just the, the sense of awe in that moment. Like to remember isn't just to like recall a moment in a way that, oh, we might have just, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, don't you remember Ephesians says this? And we might recall a scripture that's helpful and it's meaningful, but to be kind of like awakened to this reality of like, oh, yeah. This is true, and I think that's where, uh, obviously, Easter of any day to be reminded of that truth of like, oh yeah, you know, and kind of Nick, as you were sharing your own your own story of back when you were in Israel and being there and not really sensing, you know, it made me think like how many people, yeah, we go through life not really sensing God's presence, right? Like we go through struggles, pain, hardships, and moments where we're just like, where are you, God? And for your friend to just encourage and say, hey, he's risen, right? Like, it's not just a comforting thing to say or cheesy thing to say, although it can be cheesy at times, but this this reality to be awakened to, like, oh, yeah. Like, God is, he's, he's, he's alive. He's present. He's with me. So I think that was the part that was just, you know, I don't know how well I captured the, the message, but just looking at that passage is just to just, then they remembered that was so profound to me and what would it look like to live each day like remembering that reality and how would it affect our perspective right as nick as you were saying you know on just things on how we saw things right so um i think that part of it was yeah just that wow you know that you captured it on good friday and i think it was in the passage for this sunday of just wow what would it look like for us yeah to live with that kind of awakening every moment yeah, that that was the one thing that, I mean, I obviously didn't talk that long on Good Friday, but just as I was kind of studying and preparing for it, is just that, just the importance of that word, both for, I mean, you know, Good Friday and communion, but how much it ties into going back to what you talked about, Nick, just, you know, the the Jewish system of festivals and and remembering, and you know, the idea that, you know, the first the first communion the last supper was them celebrating the passover meal and and just that image of you know jesus and and his disciples kind of sitting around the table and that being a reflection of what the typical jewish family would do every passover is sit around and, and remember together that was really like i don't know evocative for me and thinking about that and so yeah I, i don't know maybe maybe you just immediately talked me into having a <laughs> getting into the, like the jewish high holidays and the, the calendar but that's a really cool thing about it is that it's all designed around you know around not forgetting right and not losing sight of those things that you have this constant kind of just built into your week your month your year these times where you sit together as a community and you remember and so um yeah i just i liked that idea and it, and it really spoke to me um I think that's what was so powerful of Good Friday service this year. And, and I know we talked about it a little bit, but 
In essence, we we just created a space, time, to allow people to to remember. Mm-hmm. Right. We had the stations. It wasn't anything new. It was a new information, but it wasn't just us telling. It was allowing the, each person there to kind of to go to sit and to think about. Yeah what God had said through scripture, their own journey, their life. And, and I think we saw a response that was different than kind of traditional services. And, you know, there's a different time and place for different things, but it made me realize like there is something powerful when you give space for people to, to just think about those things, to remember those things. And I think we saw it in the response, we saw it in the worship of just a, a different element that's not always there that yeah. was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nick, did you have any um anything that kind of stuck out to you from the message? Any insights that um were especially meaningful other than, you know, what we talked about so far? No, I think that idea of remembering is pretty profound for me. I think I'm struck by how easily on an emotional level I forget the weightiness of some of the things that like you said, we proclaim to believe, but that's just weird to the world. It it, it should be weird. Um, and, um, on the flip side, like you said, how profound would it be if we could live in that reality continually? Even this morning, as I woke up, I kind of woke up in a pit and it was kind of, everything sucks. (laughs) Everything's lame. And it's like, no, it's not, it it really isn't. Um, and so I, I, I think that's important for us to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we, um, kind of wrap up here eric anything just kind of looking back that you wish you had said differently anything you forgot to say this time (laughs) (laughs) yeah just any kind of reflections on on how things went on sunday um yeah nothing to add really i think you know if i if i can kind of look back and you know the idea of living differently I, i hope it didn't come off as like because jesus rose you should Live, live differently, you know, and I think we've all felt that kind of sense of obligation before and that, okay, I know, I know, I know. And there is an aspect of should, right? Because Jesus did, we should, but you know, I think what I hope to communicate, and if it didn't, to, to kind of reemphasize it now is, is really this, this idea we can, right? Mm. This, in kind of what the passage communicates is this sense of awe and wonder, Right, like in that moment, the, these women are, are going to the tomb and, and they're sad, they're disappointed, they're confused. They've brought everything they can to anoint a, a dead body because that's what their perspective, that's what was real. And in this moment, they're just reminded, right? And it changes everything and there's a sense of awe and wonder, you know? And at that moment, I don't think they fully comprehended how their lives were going to be different. And all that God had in store for them. Like we know because we can read through Acts and read all the letters. But in that moment, I don't think they they obviously didn't know. Right. But it changed things. And, and I think that was the part where I, I was hoping to communicate and and just kind of inviting us, like if wow, what would it be like for us to live in that that reality, right? If just mm. we we don't know what it's gonna look like. We don't know what God has in store, but we just know that, oh yeah, because of the resurrection, like it changes things changes things for us and we're invited to begin to to live differently to see things differently and, and in essence live by faith 
right? To believe something that other people think is weird, believe things that don't make sense from a worldly perspective, but we believe it because the scriptures say it, because Jesus conquered death, rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. So I think that that idea that the awe and the wonder, like we can, like we're invited to, um, that's the, the hope, I think, kind of in hindsight. Like, I hope that got communicated. And, and if not, then they now know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely think it did. And I do think there was a sense. I loved, you know, that that combination of, of you kind of expressing that and then to go right into, I thought it was a really good time of worship. You know, Matt introduced the, the new song, Christ is Risen. And it does kind of have that sense of, of awe and wonder of, just this, this simple truth, you know? And so, um, yeah, as it was pretty awesome just being a kind of a bystander and getting to watch and experience it as, as part of the congregation. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great service and I thought you guys did a great job. So unless you guys have anything to add. Yeah. I wish I was there. (laughs) (laughs) You probably would have cried, man. (laughs) All right, well, thanks, guys. That was fun, as always. And um, this Sunday, we'll be starting a brand new series. So next week, we'll be back with another podcast. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week.